Welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. You are in for a treat today. We've got one of my buddies, really good friend that I've come to know this year. Well, this last year in 2021. I got to know a lot of really cool people in 2021. And uh, this guy's name is Sid. You might know him as Try No Feet on Instagram. And I'll go into that a little bit more. But he's an awesome guy. You're going to love this podcast. And so, anyway, hi. I'm Jonathan Redbeard, and uh, here at Redbeard Outdoors, we focus on three main things, three pillars, uh, family and faith wrapped up into one, fitness, and the outdoors. Combine all three of those things, and that's my life. And so I just want to share that with you guys. I want you guys to get as much enjoyment out of it as, as I do, and, uh, and to learn and grow with me on my journey here through life in this amazing world. And I want you to also enjoy the same things that I do, the happiness that comes from getting outdoors, being healthy, spending time with your family, and having some sort of structured belief system, uh, faith that you have that implements into your into your life. All of those things are what I talk about here at Redbeard Outdoors. So thanks for tuning in. And you can always find me over on Instagram is where I'm most active, red.beard.outdoors. And you'll see uh, my posts there. I post there daily. And also on Facebook, same thing, red.beard.outdoors. And any companies that I work with, you can find the links below. Uh, I'll talk more about them a little bit later at the end of the podcast. But I want you to, without any further ado, get to listen to this awesome conversation that I had with Sid or Try No Feet. He has an amazing story where he's overcome so many things to be able to incorporate all these three pillars of family, fitness, and the outdoors into his life when he's been dealt so many things that would cause him to not want to do any of those uh, three pillars. But he's crushed it, and he's not only crushed it in his own life, but he's helping others through disabled outdoorsmen and a chapter here in Utah specifically, but working with them to get people out ice fishing and to hunt and to do all these amazing adventures outdoors for people that otherwise would not be able to experience the things that he is providing for them through this chapter and all the other amazing volunteers that he works with. So again, without further ado, here's my conversation with Sid. Awesome. So I've got Sid here or also on Instagram known as try no feet. And we'll, we'll talk about that story of how I ran into Sid up on the mountain a little bit and how I screwed up that name. But uh, yeah, so we've got Sid here and he does a lot of awesome stuff. Um, I kind of want to just for the audience, who, but who are you? Like, what do you like to do? What do you, what do you do for fun? Uh, I like to party uh, hardcore every night, pass out <laughs> every night. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. My name's Sydney. I'm from Utah. I live in Vernal. It's on the Northeast side of the state. Um, I, I guess I'm an old G I'm creeping up on 40. Uh, I got four kids. Um, I lived all over the state, Idaho. I lived in Montana for a little bit. Um, I grew up in the outdoors. This is kind of a big thing for my family, hunting, fishing, and then I pass it on to my kids as well. Um, I like, you know, hanging out with the kids. Uh, I do love, um, triathlons. Um, that's been kind of my new passion I've gained in the last six years since I've lost my legs. And, um, it's just been, just been one of the things that drives me. Um, and, uh, I think that's it in a nutshell. Love, love, love talking to new people. I'm kind of a, I kind of gab a lot. I do like to, to make new friends and, and, um, you know, share stories, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. So you got a family. How many kids do you have? I have four. I have, uh, three girls and a boy. That's awesome. Cool. And you involve them in the outdoors. That, that's, you know, so that's one big thing that I, that I like to, to stress to people. Some people feel like just cause they have kids, they can't get out and do things, um, mm -hmm. that kids are, are kind of almost a, a, a hindrance to being able to get out and hike, go hunting, backpacking, camping, things like that. And uh, that's something that I, that I like to stress is getting the kids involved from a super young age 
and uh, letting them choose, obviously, as they get older and they do have more choices, what they want to get involved mm-hmm. in. But at least you provided that opportunity. Uh, oh, yeah. Kids. And well, so the, the the reward is a huge payoff. Like, I don't care who you are, but like to me, to when you get your child to catch their first fish, that's insane. It's just it is such a huge accomplishment and they're just so excited um this year my son turned 12 and he got his hunter safety and he put in specifically he wanted to hunt mule deer with a muzzleloader and uh he we did a lot of scouting prior i mean he wanted to do the whole works on how uh he you know assumed just watching youtube videos and, and 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 talking to me and stuff like that he wanted to do the whole thing and he harvested his his uh first mule deer he, he shot one um all by himself too uh he the very last day last hour he decided that he wanted to go check an area and i told him i was just gonna keep the the watch on another area and uh, thinking that you know this hunt was fun we learned a lot of experiences we busted deer but i don't think he's gonna get a buck on his first year and i was just sitting in the blind and all of a sudden i heard a boom and I come running up the hill. He comes running down the hill and he's stuttering and he's like, dad, I, 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 I got one. And uh, I had my muzzle loader with me. And so I gave it to him. So that way he can, you know, in case it didn't uh, expire that he could, he could do so. And um, luckily the deer had already expired by the time it got to him. So it was a pretty cool experience. Definitely the reward of it was so intense. I was, I haven't been that excited about, a deer being killed in years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to kill deer, but not like it, not at that level. So yeah, it's a whole nother, I would say it's a whole nother level with, with your kids. Um, it's fun to do it. It's fun to go out and, and have time with your buddies, but especially if you've been doing it for years and then to pass that on, like I haven't had that experience as far as with hunting is con, is concerned, but with fishing, that is a lot of fun to, to get my kids out there and, um, oh, yeah. and go fishing. And they just, we use uh, cane poles, off a pier just out in our lake house in North Carolina. And so they're pulling up what we call brim, but you know, bluegills and shell crackers and uh, things along those lines. And they're just so excited every time, even though it could be a two inch fish or one as big as your hand, like that, it doesn't matter. They're excited. Nice. That's awesome. So cool. Uh, Well, I just kind of wanted to get a little bit of background on you because I found, I found you first on Instagram. uh, And, and I like the fact that you, didn't allow certain things that you basically the cards that you were dealt in, mm-hmm. in life to get you down. A lot of people do, and, and they'll, they'll take certain things that are out of their control and they'll hyper-focus on those things rather than like what you've done, where there was things out of your control uh, physically that you have to deal with uh, on a daily basis, but you don't let it get you down to the point where you're doing triathlons, you're out hunting, uh, Fill us in a little bit about that, um, about your backstory a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Yeah, in, in 2015, I, uh, I lost my legs to a disease that I was born with. Um, it's a disease that, uh, it's called charcoal tooth. Um, it's a progressive uh, disease that affects the muscles and the nerves and curates uh, deformities um, and then, uh, you know, pretty much withers away. And they start gaining problems like broken bones and arthritis. And I lost the function to do certain things such as walking was a very hard task. And, you know, being in the outdoors, that's kind of a blow because it's something that's, you know, needed. And uh, when the doctor said, okay, you know, in order for you to continue a a lifestyle um, or or be in a wheelchair, you could, you could choose, you know, prosthetics or a chair. And I chose the prosthetics option. So um, when they amputated it, um, it was, uh, you, know, you know, it was a hard decision overall, just, you know, mentally to fathom that, you know, you can't come back on this decision. And, you know, I didn't know anybody. I'm in a small town. I didn't know any amputees, you know, other than just social media on what I was going to go through and the, the phantom pain and the struggles of dealing with uh, wearing a prosthetic and then the, you know, of course the financial obligation to dealing with, with, uh, insurances my entire life at a high level and, you know, things breaking and, and all, all those things it takes of being in a, an amputee. And then there's the mental side of things, you know, 
you know, I don't have limbs. People are always staring. I get, you know, um, you know, a lot of odd, <laughs> odd questions and comments and stuff like that. So there's, there's those things that I wasn't really prepared for, but, um, as far as my attitude towards it, I, I generally was raised uh, by my, you know, good parents that, you know, taught me a lot about the basics of when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And I've learned through the disability building up to the amputation that I can choose between being upset and angry or I can choose to be happy and learn how to overcome challenges and make it a, um, a tool that's going to make me more positive and stronger. Um, and then the, the plus side of things that most people don't talk about is that tool can be used to help others, uh, people that uh, constantly are looking for inspiration or they're dealing with something that they thought was huge and then when they find out you know maybe this isn't as a big deal because you know Sid doesn't have his legs or so and so you know has cancer those kind of things um benefit others just by being able to share the story so um I was in the hospital for a long time trying to learn how to recover from all this and had some infections and had to reduce some surgeries and had to re actually reamputate at one point um just till like finally got the hang of it. Um, and on TV was the Iron Man. And uh, when I was in the hospital and I was so impressed with the, the race itself, because it's 140.6 miles. And I thought, you know, how awesome would that be to do that race? And I just felt compelled. Um, I don't know if it was the pain pills that I was on or, or what, but I just felt like this is, this is something that I want to obtain you know i it's i know it's not going to be happening overnight but i feel like if i can have this huge goal and work towards it um that's what i want to do and, and it did a couple things uh you know it taught me a little bit about patience because you know it you know i had to learn how to swim again i had to learn how to ride a bike um how to adjust the you know how to pedal without feeling the pedals uh how to run uh you know all those things taken a long uh, time to get there. And then once I finally got to competitions, I started off small, like a 5K. I did my first 5K ever. Um, and then I did, worked up to a 10K and then to a sprint triathlon and then a half marathon and then uh, Olympic triathlon and then a half Ironman. And then uh, five years later, or excuse me, four years later from amputation is when I finally um, completed a full Ironman. And so, you know, all those things, they, they taught me patience, but more importantly, um, it's, it got my having this goal and, and, and some of the things that I'm doing now with uh, an organization called Disabled Outdoorsmen, these kind of activities that I'm doing and, and did with the triathlons, it takes my mind off of the struggles of, of being a, a double amputee. And and uh, I'm not thinking about what was me and I'm focusing on my goals and helping other people. And, and as a return, it's, it's brought joy to my life. And I feel like that's kind of been the secret to overcoming those hand, those cards that you talk about that you've been dealt is, is by overwhelming your, your mind and body by doing things positive. Um, so you don't have the time really to sit back and realize, oh, life sucks. It's not. It doesn't, it doesn't, if you don't, if you really think about it. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, you know, that's something that really uh, inspired me that I, I found you on an Instagram it was probably through hunting. Uh, but the fact that, you know, I saw it was try no feed and I'm like, what, what does that even mean? And then I started looking at your stuff and I'm like, wow, that's, he's probably, well, I know for a fact you've run and swam and biked more than I have. And you have less appendages than I do. So it's, it's, uh, that was super impressive to me to, for you to, and I didn't know your whole backstory. I didn't know whether it was something that happened in the military or, or you had, uh, something that was obviously you could not control, um, with, with this disease. And so I think that's awesome. So you're saying that you weren't a triathlete before. Yeah. Nope. Never ran a race in my life until oh. I was in my, until I was 34 years old. 
That is, that's crazy, man. That is awesome. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool to hear. I, I honestly, I, I don't like running period. So <laughs> that's super impressive in and of itself. But the fact that while you're laying there in the hospital recovering, you're watching the Iron Man and you were just thinking uh, whether it was the pain pills or not, but that this was, that this was a, a good idea to set that yeah. goal. That is awesome. That is, so yeah, cool. it was, it was a hard sell to, you know, my wife and my friends and, and loved ones are like, well, let, why don't we focus on, you know, how to run around the block first, or let's, let's try to get you to learn how to walk, you know, let's not think about that kind of stuff. So it was, and in, even for years, you know, and, and actually the year of the race, I had a lot of people that were close to me that were, were, you know, kind of trying to make, you know, talk me off the, uh, from doing the race. And so it, it's, it's one of those things that in my life I'll always remember and be grateful for. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, you know, I'd love to do another one and, and there's other huge aspirations I have that I know that are going to test my patience. Um, one of which was the 75 hard. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. I'm sure you have being a first form guy, but, uh, I, that, that was a program I recently did. And I love that same thing. It taught, taught a lot of things about myself and patience and, uh, mental, mental toughness. Um, and uh, help me realize a little bit about where areas in my mind that I try to talk uh, uh, compromise, you know, how easily I can catch myself up in a compromise, if I'm not careful. So I love stuff like that. Yeah, actually, I, you've hit on quite a few topics that I actually wanted to talk to you about. So 75 Hard was definitely one of them. I'm currently Thanks. in phase three of the Live Hard program. I've got oh, like cool. seven days left. So um, I, I love that program. It's, it's not for everyone, obviously. And if you go into it with the idea, and I love that you said about how you hit on the mindset aspect of it, anyone that goes into it, I've had a lot of people that have said, well, isn't that too much? You're overworking yourself too much working out, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I say, it's not about the weight loss. It's not the, no. that's a, that's a side effect of the program itself. Yeah. Um, something for me that has been, has hit home for me is, the idea that, you know, I have a power list. Like my wife always laughs at me because I have these checklists and I've always run off the checklist and I make sure things get done, but having a power list and going through that power. Oh, there you go. You got the book. See, I'm not, I'm not that cool. I just have a regular a real, a little book right here, but and, uh, like, you know, starting my day off with that. And then in phase three, you have eight critical tasks that you put on your power yep. list and, um, and, and making them those actionable items rather than just goals that you have for the day, but something that you have to do that day on top of everything else that you're doing in the program, mm -hmm. it makes you focus a lot harder on what's really important. And I, I love that you hit on, you know, you compromise with yourself so much, you know, there's so many things that you can compromise, whether it be with your nutrition, whether it be with your family, uh, with your work, with whatever it is with school, I'm currently in school. So that hits home for me. Um, it, it's just, it's a great program. It, it really is. And so, so what else did you enjoy about? Cause you, you just finished 75 hard. Was it a, a month ago, two months ago? Yeah, it was about, a, it was a little bit of a little over a month ago. Um, yeah. It, what, what I love about it or hate about it or all, overall, <laughs> what was, uh, let's say top three things that you learned from it. Um, the top three things is that okay okay so the number one i'll stop well let's see i don't know how to start this um i i would say that from okay let's talk about the bottom number three is that i if i i've learned about if i am consistent with something no matter what the the positive and negatives i experienced in that day for example let's say weight loss during the weight loss if i'm like crap i'm not losing weight I have found that just ultimately forcing yourself to say, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to, or telling yourself, I'm going to try it is not going to work. Or saying, oh, I'll give it another week and see how I feel. Just say to yourself, I'm going to freaking do this no matter what. And I'm going to stay consistent to it to the end, no matter what. It's amazing what you can accomplish, even when you hit this plateau. Because so many times I've, you know, I've tried different you know, exercise programs or any kind of, you know, mental tough things that I want to get over myself with. 
and I'll hit a plateau. And that's where the real tests come. You know, so in 75 hard, my biggest uh, struggle was towards the end. So like 55, 60, 65, because I feel like I hit the plateau. I'm like, I'm already there. And that's when I was like, catch myself like, holy crap, Sid, you almost gave up a workout because you thought it was quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, good enough. Um, and so I've learned the dangers of that. Um, I, another thing too is just overall, um, I felt better about myself going through 75 hard. Um, I felt like um, the fact that I can control so many different things by being more uh, organized. I would set alarms on my phone, you know, when to drink water. Um, I had more of a routine where I'd wake up, take a selfie, get the drink of water in, get a book read, and then work on to my workout, et cetera. Once I started organizing my, my brain to where things become more of a habit, it's amazing, even with this intense program, how much extra stuff I find myself being able to do. I love that. It's taught me that I definitely spend, I don't know if I spend too much time on Instagram, but I find myself wasting a lot of time when really I had more time than I thought. And then the, the, the number one thing is I uh, could start recognizing uh, where my weakness, my weaknesses would creep in. Uh, where I find myself, or I, you know, I guess Andy calls it the inner bitch voice comes in and, and, and tells you these things and you actually believe them, or I believed them at one point. And so now I can recognize that those are lies and that I can do things that I can keep myself up to. Um, and uh, ultimately I feel a lot stronger from it and I can recognize it. That's the big thing is now I feel like I can recognize if I and being tempted or if I try to mentally think of alternatives or compromises in this program. And I, and, and I've done the, I did the, the, when I completed this program, I had failed two other times prior. Um, this last one was definitely uh, like a slap in the face because I knew it's either a make or break moment for me. So. Yep. And when you fail, you start at day one, right? You do. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> I think I got, I got the first time I did, I felt like I, it just was time management. I just re didn't realize that, you know, oh crap, I forgot to do this or something came up um, and I didn't get around to a second workout of some sort. And then the next one was somebody brought over a pizza and I just was like, oh, I love pizza. I can, I could justify a couple pieces and then it yep. turned into the whole pizza and then I'm like, shoot. <laughs> no, I know that feeling it's, uh, you know, and I, I love the three points that you hit on because, and this is coming again, let me put this into perspective because I haven't accomplished half the things that you have as far as physical feats and, uh, going on triathlons and all that. But the fact that you're saying that 75 hard was one of the hardest mental toughness programs, yet you've run multiple triathlons with, you know, half your legs. Like that's just, that's great. That just blows my mind. You know, that, I think oh, that's awesome. I, a lot of it has to do too, like with the triathlon, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, they were hard, but a lot of those things was, you know, I had a coach that could, that gave me a program. He knew the things that I could get through. I had a schedule. This is what I have to do in order to get to this next level. And I could see those results daily. 75 hard, there's no coach telling you what you have to do. There's no one holding you accountable except for yourself. And that's what makes this program way more valuable to yourself because there it, you are, you are on your own. And that's where, it, that's where the benefit of it is. Not, there's no one there to hold your hand and checking up and say, hey, man, did you do this? I mean, I guess the only source of accountability that I was doing as I, I occasionally post the, the picture of where you are on the calendar on the wall. Um, I mean, that's a something, but overall, I mean, no one was going out there checking to see, you know, has he been out for 45 minutes? Has there been someone measuring his water? Is, you know, should we quiz him on his books, what he's reading? Those, those, those kind of things is what makes that program special. Um, you really get 
the benefit of what you put into it is, is where it comes from. Um, it, it does crack me off, crack me up when I run into people that are like, oh yeah, you know, I did 75 hard, but I did kind of my own version of it uh, where it's like, I decided that I wouldn't work outside and I would just do like a mental focus for 45 minutes. And I thought that was good enough. Well, it's good that you're doing that, but you cannot call it 75 hard. Right. It's like, it it's not, it's not like it's scalable, right? It's, it's scalable based on your, your physical fitness level, your ability to do certain things that is scalable. But yeah. as far as the task are concerned, that's, there's nothing that you can compromise there. Yeah. And uh, I, I do love that too, that it is, it's holding yourself accountable. It's, it's training your yourself to be your own coach, to be your own hype man, to be your own grinded out, like whatever the situation is. And I find, I find it really interesting because anyone that I talk to that's gone through it and you can tell the people that have done it right. You can just, mm-hmm. it, there's just something about them when you talk to them and they talk about the program, they don't ever talk about necessarily the weight loss side of things. Um, they, they talk about the mental acuity that that's gained. And the fact that you brought up right around day 50 and everyone yeah. that I talked to, and I, I, I talked to Mike about this, um, Mike Merrill, I'm, I'm sure you've seen oh. him on Instagram. Oh so, yeah. He, yeah. He used to be my old, uh, boy scout leader. Oh, no True way. <laughs> That's story. awesome. That is awesome. So, uh, so I talked to him about it and I was like, talk to me again when you're at about day 50, 55 ish, let's see where you're at there. <laughs> Cause he's crushing it right now, but I think he's in the thirties and, you know, I was just oh, like, yeah. you're, you're going to hit a spot. I think everyone does right around 50 to 55. And then you hit around day like 65, 70 and you're like, all right, final stretch. You know, it's yeah. kind of what I imagine. What again? I hate running. <laughs> Disclosure yeah. to everyone. But what I imagine running a marathon is like, and you can see the finish line. You know, you could see, you mm-hmm. can see the finish line. There's usually, I mean, you still got to be careful, but you could, yeah. The last, the last few days, I mean, I was like, I got this. It's fun. Yeah. And but, it's even funnier. I don't know if you've read the book, the 75 hard book, but he literally maps it out. And I didn't buy the book until after I'd done the program. And I went back and read it and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> he's not lying. Like these days yeah. almost line up exactly with what I, what I dealt with. Um, but that, that's awesome, dude. That, that's so cool that, that you were able to go through that and, and you're still aiming for more, like you're wanting to do, you know, more triathlons and other things in the future, but you hit on something that I did want to bring up as well. Um, so what's your involvement with uh, disabled outdoorsmen uh, or DO Utah is the one that mm-hmm. I follow on, on Instagram. Um, tell me a little bit more about that organization and what what role you play in that. Yeah, uh, we've been around now for uh, this is our third year. Um, I, I'm one of the founders for the DO, uh, Disabled Outdoorsmen chapter. Um, initially started uh, with just Disabled Outdoorsmen um, USA is what we ended up breaking up to. Uh, me and my buddy Weston uh, Jenkins down there in um, Bernie, Texas. Uh, he has a cousin that had a disease that um, was a muscular dystrophy disease, not as intense as mine. Mine more affects my legs and my hands, where his affects his whole body. So he was literally, literally withering away. Uh, this disease is so rare and severe uh, that most people don't live past 16, 17 years old. But his cousin um, was so involved in the outdoors, particularly Whitetail. Um, when I went down to go visit his cousin, um, he had deer named. He knew every specifics about their behavior, which doe in an area was in heat. Uh, uh, he had numerous amount of trophies on his wall, stories, countless stories. And he was so obsessed with it that it gave him a purpose, you know, to focus on. Um, and he, you know, something happened with his body that he's now 30 years old and the longest person to, to have lived with this disease. And the doctors contributed it to his passion for the outdoors and how it gave him a purpose. Um, and, and that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, and so when we decided to bring that idea to Utah, um, we, we, uh, branched off. We're still involved within their chapter and we still work with the same 
uh, nonprofit 501c3, but we focused a lot on the, the efforts here in Utah and, and, and individuals here. And we, we do programs such as um, ice fishing events and uh, shooting events. And uh, we've done pheasant hunts. We've done, uh, last year we did over 20 big game hunts uh, where we are mentoring and guiding people, not just teaching them how to pull the trigger. Uh, we want them to see the whole process so that way they can feel um, that they can do it on their own. Um, what's amazing with disabilities uh, is the, not, actually not amazing, but um, what's, what's sad about disabilities, particularly with people with paralysis, is that the suicide rate, especially in, uh, among men, is so high. Um, and it's because when you have, you know, a disability, is, and if you're, you know, a provider like a father, and all of a sudden you have this accident of some sort and that comes to a halt, you really do feel, I, know I felt this myself, so I'm speaking from experience, you don't feel like a contributor. And as a man, that's a hard thing to, to swallow is knowing that you're just, you, you can't contribute or even you feel like you're a burden to others. And so, uh, you know, the depression and suicide is, is pretty high. Um, but we've had so many awesome experiences with different people that we've found them in this state of depression. Um, some even have attempted suicide and have introduced the outdoors or reintroduced the outdoors and hunting and, and activities. And this light switch just clicks on in their brain. Um, and we've given them the confidence and show, you know, show them the tools and, and basically allow them to hunt in a way that an able body can hunt, we just do things a little bit different, or we, you know, it takes a little bit longer to, to get to this point of the mountain or so, so to speak. But just those kind of things does magic and, and, and just see the light turn on to the point where their, their lives are saved and they're out there trying to share the same goodness to others and being a mentor to other disabled individuals. Um, to show them the same thing. And it's just been an awesome organization. We've had a lot of cool people help us out on it, seen a lot of cool stories and people's lives change. And uh, it's just been a drive of mine. Um, I have some great, great people on my board that have um, donated countless hours. And, you know, this is all volunteer stuff. No one's getting paid. And uh, it's just been a blessing, huge blessing. Yeah, that sounds like it. And, and I, I love, you know, you post a lot about like recently you've been ice fishing. Um, I've been once ice fishing and it was a failure to the <laughs> degree. Like it was just terrible. Um, Why would you fall in? No, 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 no. Not that. I guess not that bad, but we just uh -huh. didn't catch anything. And oh. uh, yeah. And the kids constantly wanted to move holes. So, you know, me and my buddy were just constantly drilling new holes and it was like, <laughs> It's a good workout, right? Turning the lake into, <laughs> into Swiss cheese, but, uh, but no, it was, you know, I've seen you, you obviously know some good spots and then I, I see that you take people out and um, I, I just, I think it's cool that you're, you're a, you said like a founder of the chapter here in Utah. So sure. um, that's, that's awesome. I, I love well, thank that. And you. again, yeah, just, you know, and where can people, if they're looking to get either family members, friends or themselves into this group, uh, where, where can they find you at? You know what it really is, Online is some of the best things. It can message me individually, um, but uh, online, doutah.org, so D-O-U-T-A-H.org is our website. Our social media is uh, D-O underscore Utah on Facebook and Instagram. Message us there. Um, we'll have event, you know, follow our socials and we'll have events posted. I don't know when this episode will air, but come the 15th of January, so here about 10 days, uh, we will have our third annual ice fishing event. Anybody's welcome. Volunteers, awesome. We got some cool sponsors, Shields, Garmin, um, lots of cool companies in the, in the, in the Uinta Basin out uh, here have donated to make this happen. Uh, we're just going out there. We're going to have a little bit of a competition, a little bit of fun, uh, just overall trying to get people introduced to the sport of ice fishing and um, help them out from their get from their cars down to the ice, show them how to do it. The DWR has teamed up with us where we're going to do some seminars 
um, and uh, some cool prizes and raffles. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming up here at Steinecker Reservoir uh, on the 15th, which is just a few minutes north of Vernal. So awesome. Cool. Yeah, this will this will be coming out this Sunday. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to get involved in that, go check them out um, at, at doutah.org or do underscore Utah on Instagram. Um, they put out some great stuff. So uh, and that honestly, like, again, the fact that and, and I hate to. Well, I'm, I don't hate to because you're, you seem to be of the same mindset where you were dealt these cards, whereas someone else would not have handled this situation as well as you have. And you've turned that that the disease, something that you can't control into a blessing for so many people uh, just on Instagram alone, thousands of people. But more than that, you know, people that you take out, you involve in the outdoors outside of just your family, you've created an even bigger family. To, to help other people like what you're saying. There's something about getting outside. And that's why it's one of my three uh, basically pillars of Redbeard Outdoors, family, fitness, and health, and uh, the outdoors. Because I know that for me, I'm a better person if one, I get my workout in, two, I have my family time, but also if I get my time outdoors. And hopefully combining all three of those is even better, yeah, right? That's the um, win-win there. Ex exactly, exactly. And, and being able to share all these things with my loved ones outdoors. Yeah. But I know for, for me personally, just getting outside and being able to unplug, even if I don't see an animal, you know, mm -hmm. going out and hiking or biking or whatever it is, just getting out there or even just going to the park with my kids. Like there's mm -hmm. just something about, I can't say always fresh air here in Utah, but there's something <laughs> about getting outside and, and breathing mostly fresh air. Um, that, that is, it's just, there's something about it. You know, it just, it taps into people. It, it makes you happier. It brings people out of depression, um, and, and all of those things. So, so that's why that, I think that's awesome. I, I think you're doing, you're doing an awesome job with that. And I appreciate the work you do there. Um, Thanks, so we're, I, I want to talk kind of, uh, transition a little bit into hunting a little bit and how, so I, I seen you on Instagram. I hadn't really messaged with you on Instagram, but then uh, we had a chance encounter out in the woods. And I kind of want to hear your side of the story before I tell my <laughs> side of the story, because I think mine's pretty funny, but I haven't heard your side of the story yet. So, so do you remember that, that evening? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It was a good day. Um, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I guess I'll, I'll kind of start in the beginning. I've been hunting in that area. It, it's not far from where I live here in Vernal and it's just a little area that I could, you know, it's behind a, a road where I could take my e-bike and, and then hike up into a few spots. And, and, uh, I've been hunting that area. There's been some elk, seen some elk sign, had a few close encounters with the bow. Um, just couldn't seal the deal, but one evening, I don't remember if it was a weekend or whatnot. Uh, I went up there and, and, uh, I, which I thought was, you know, there was nobody up there, but sure enough, I, heard some, some, uh, cow calls coming around. So I thought, okay, I'll work myself over into this direction and started cow calling and, you know, try to sound something different than a, an elk hunter. So that way I, you know, could maybe determine if it was somewhere that was going to respond. So started picking up tree trunks and slamming on the ground just to make some kind of rustle and calf calls and trying to try to intimidate something, you know, instead of your standard hoochie mama. And it was too dark and come around, there was a, fellow there uh i think two guys you and your buddy and uh, that's where we noticed us that we were calling each other for a little bit <laughs> um but yeah i started talking to you guys for a second you know just you know shooting the breeze and you're you're like hey uh do you know this guy you know try no legs and i uh i was just kind of giggling a little bit and i was trying to, to play it off it's like yeah you mean try no feet and goes, oh yeah yeah that's his name like, yeah he's he's such a dick. And, uh, you're, you're pretty awesome. You weren't like, Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard the same thing. Or you're just like, Oh, well, yeah, I don't know him that well. So dang it. That's too bad. And then <laughs> that's when I revealed that I'm, well, yeah, I am trying to feed. I'm just messing with this. Yeah, that was, but, it was funny. Cause <laughs> so we had, there was a previous before you, cause you had come around one side and we were messing with, cause we had thought it was an elk at first. And then we realized he was like on the road. And we, so we were messing with this hunter and almost mm -hmm. brought him up the mountain. We were just calling back and forth and messing with him. And, and we were a little frustrated cause we, we had seen a lot of sign in the same area. Um, mm -hmm. and we knew they were there. 
We yep. just couldn't get a hold of them. And so yep. we had been climbing. It was almost like bouldering and deadfall combined. Like it was yep. just the worst, worst that, area. But that's where they go. That's exactly. where those freaking creatures go. Exactly. And, and where and where we were at, there's there's just up up and over on that hillside is no man's land for real. There's no roads, and then you get private forever. So elk get no pressure. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. crap. <laughs> yeah it was bad and it was funny because like we'd sit there and we're like huffing and puffing trying to climb over this stuff and then we see a pile of elk crap and we're like are you serious like <laughs> like you guys are up here anyway so after we messed with that guy for a little bit um we were you know hanging out and just kind of side hilling a little bit and then it got dark um so we you know put our arrows back in the quiver and and started hiking down and then we heard some rustling we're like well at least we could see an elk right like we can't shoot it it's a little dark at least we could see something. And so we were, you know, calf calling, cow calling back and forth. And, and then, uh, and then you come out with the, with the headlamp and we're like, oh, okay, cool. So we were chatting <laughs> and it was one of those scenarios where like, I wasn't really looking at your face. And again, I hadn't really followed you well enough to look at you like to memorize your face. And so, um, you know, I, I just looking around and I looked down, I was like, oh, he's got a go hunt sticker on one of his legs. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And, and I, I kind of pride myself in being able to have a conversation with most people and not make it awkward. So I hope I didn't make you feel awkward, but I was like, <laughs> Hey, so, you know, I, I noticed that you didn't, you were an amputee. So I was like, Hey, there's a guy on Instagram that I follow who does the same thing. Like he's, he's out in the outdoors <laughs> and, and he's, he doesn't, he's an amputee. Um, you know, just try no legs. And you were like, Oh yeah, that guy's an idiot. And like, you know, just being so, and I was just kind of thinking, I'm like, dang, Ooh, that's bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. I'm good enough to say anything. I, I like the stuff he puts out there though. And then that's yes, when you stuck your hand out, shake my head. You're like, Hey, I'm trying no feet. And I, and I realized I'd put my foot in my mouth. Cause I, you know, obviously didn't follow you enough to, to know the name, but oh um, no, it's fine. let alone your face, but it, it was so funny. And my buddy, and they still talk about it. They're like, they're like, wait, you're going to be talking with Sid today. It was like, yeah. He was like, you're not going to bring up that story. Are you? I'm like, of course I'm going to bring up the story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I told on the way home, I told my wife the exact same story. I was like, yeah, it's like, you gotta, I got a kick out of this guy. It was, it was a good conversation. It, yeah. You know, what was funny when I was calling her and telling her this story, there was an elk on the road. I had to slam on my brakes. No way. Oh <laughs> no, no I, a bull, a bull elk of all, of all, of course, of, all of course. Oh man. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, that's our little transition into the hunting. So how, so you grew up hunting, you're, you've been out at, did you grow up in Vernal in Utah or? No, I actually grew up in uh, the bubble. So Provo warm area. I went to school at Tinfew high school. Um, and then, uh, went on a mission to Montana, um, went to school in Idaho, lived in, uh, Lake Powell for a while down there in the Marine. I was in the hotel industry. That was my degree. And, uh, then I moved up here, um almost 10 years now 11 years. why why vernal because it, it doesn't seem like much to be honest with you so maybe it, enlighten me a little bit <laughs> it, it's well when you live in bullfrog utah it this is this is metropolis town i mean we had one gas station that was open seasonally and 300 people at the most that lived there and then it's it was it was a it was an amazing place to live because you had the Henry Mountains and then you had all that lake to go fishing and I loved to fish, but um, my youngest, or excuse me, my oldest, which uh, at the time he's now twelve, um, we were thinking school. Uh, what what were we going to do for school? And when the uranium mine closed, the school down there was very very small, and there was. He would be in a classroom as a K-12, but he'd be in a classroom where he was the only kindergartner with another fifth grader, and that was it. And I love sports. I was, you know, competitive in, in the swim team in high school, and my wife uh, did a lot with, you know, she's from California, so obviously she, you know, was wanting something bigger. And so that's when we decided that we loved our Lake Powell life. That's what that picture is up there. Uh, but now it's time, you know, mature and grow up and live into a, a, a town. At the time, oil field was booming out here in Vernal, and you know, hotels were at high demand, and and the pays were the pay was really good at the time for hotels, and that's why we moved out here. 
Now I have made a career choice about five years ago and I'm not in hotels anymore. I'm still in sales and customer service, but um, I love it out here. The Uta Basin is a dream. Uh, there's no elk. There's no deer out here, unfortunately. Uh, the fishing's horrible. Uh, you can't even kill a squirrel. So I, I will say that on the podcast. Um, that, <laughs> you know, don't, don't need to come to out here. <laughs> yeah. But no, in all honesty, it is a sportsman's paradise. Like I can get to my deer stand or or uh, or a blind here in about you know 15, 20 minutes. I used to now, you know, I can check cameras and do it before I get home from work. Now I can't check cameras anymore. So. You can until July. Was it July thirty first or something? That's true. So, so all the if you're looking for late season elk, you can go out and put cameras, right? You can. But, you can. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's something that I. Oh man, I saw that decision, and I haven't quite gotten into the the trail cameras. Um, I'm pretty new to to western hunting. Um, I didn't like the style of hunting in North Carolina, where I sat in a a stand and it was like shooting lanes with a rifle and i mm-hmm. like now that i'm into bow hunting i'm like okay i could totally i could do that now i don't know if i could sit in a stand for 24 hours mm-hmm. i don't know how people do that i might have to have a good book or something but um but yeah I, i'm actually kind of interested in going back out east and, and trying it with a bow but with a rifle i just it was not that was not for me so coming out here um my buddy got me into it i went with him for a couple of years which anyone that's looking at getting into hunting i recommend that you get a good mentor someone that's that you can mm-hmm. hang out with for hours be miserable and sweaty and you know hike up steep mountains and never mm-hmm. see an animal for the day and still have a good time um yep. that's that's key that was key for me and uh and so then i got into the hunting aspect and then you you know you fill a couple tags and then you just kind of get addicted to it so um but I've, I haven't done the trail, the trail cameras much. I've done some with my buddy, but I was kind of bummed because I was actually looking at doing that this year. And uh, yeah, they just, you know, decided that that's not a good option. So hopefully next year they can revolt that back in or however that works. But we need to, we need to get that. Yeah. Back. I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I, there's years that I've not used it and I've done just fine. And there's years I've used it. And it's just, to me, it's, you know, it's just another, it's like shed hunting. You know, what, what is really the purpose of shed? Are we getting freaking rich off these sheds? Nah, I'm not. Maybe you are, but I like it because it's something to do. You get to see awesome animals. Antlers are awesome. You get to see country. Um, there's things that you could take in consideration that might help with, you know, road access and getting to know the animal and what they're doing that benefits your hunting, gets you in shape, exercise. And I look at the trail cameras as the same way. Personally, I've never got an image of an animal and be like, boom, that's my buck. I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to watch him all the time. It doesn't work that way. I mean, literally every deer that I feel like I've got his pattern on, a couple days before the hunt, you can know where everybody's seen. Now, occasionally I'll see him a little bit here and there, but it, it's uh, – I mean, yes, you can probably pattern them with them. I personally like them because I had one of the cellular ones that I could be like, okay, I can know specifically when an animal is coming for water or something like that. But I, I've never harvested anything off of it. So that's why I have mixed feelings. I more just miss the excitement of checking your camera and be like, sweet, look at that giant, you know? Or the dude, that dude just walked out across my camera. He's by ass naked, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> I, got some weird, I got some weird things on my oh camera. i love finding trail cameras and, and posing for them um oh yeah but it, yeah but i know i i hear you but at the same time like i'm i'm just one of those people that's just like hard fast even though like i said i haven't participated in trail cameras myself personally but i'm like i don't want you taking things away from me i don't want you taking yeah. away options and so <clears throat> for me it's more like a data point um obviously you know so i think one of the arguments was like well, you get a cell camera and, you know, even if you have a cell camera and you get the picture, you're still, you know, like you said, 15, 20 minutes away, that deer could be two miles away at that point. Yeah. You know? So to me, it's just like, it's just another data point. And, and I don't yeah. know, I'm sure there's people abusing it and that's why this happened. But, um, you know, anyway, long story short, we don't get that privilege this year in Utah. So, uh, yeah. you know, if you haven't heard it elsewhere, you're hearing it now, go check that yeah. out. 
um, and email the DWR your feelings. So okay. <laughs> let them know your feelings. Actually, you yep. want to go to the rack board. That is where you want to express it. We ain't going to change the rack, uh, the rack board. Go to your, find your local rack board meeting and, and get your name in there. It, it's not going to change this year. Trust me, there's lots nope. of things that have just happened, you know, and, and uh, they're, they don't, I've never seen them just all of a sudden, oh crap, pump the brakes. We need to change our mind. We just realized we pissed off a lot of person, people. They like to give it a year before they change things. So cool. Um, okay. For sure. For sure. Go to your next rack board meetings. You'll have your local ones definitely held in the fall. And that's typically November. So, and don't cool. be an asshole, but in yeah. your request that you and, and be professional, that, that's the craziest things I've seen people say on these rack board meetings. I'm like, dude, you're, you're making the situation you're making worse. It worse. Yeah. 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 Go in educated and uh you know voice your opinion in an educated manner so that they can understand rather than you know everyone shuts down when you start yelling at them or, or saying yeah. insults and things like that so cool well with hunting in general uh you've had some cool hunts this year um tell me your uh, let's go with your top we'll say three because you have top, multiple hunts top three hunts top three successful hunts top three any hunts or our no, guided top hunts. three so i mean success is different for everyone like you were saying your son's success could have been your favorite hunt, you know, what, whatever, but your top three hunts from this year. Top three. Okay. Uh, I would say number three would be Oklahoma. Um, went out to Oklahoma. I, I'll tell you, I don't, you know, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the um, Western state. So whitetail was kind of foreign to me. I did shoot a real nice one in uh, Texas, but it was a little different. It was kind of, you know, watching the hot dough, waiting for the dough to feed. And then the buck came out. Um, we, we kind of guessed that was going to happen, but um, Oklahoma during the rut, a lot of bucks were cruising. Uh, it was during the peak of the rut. So we we're getting some of the bucks that were already, you know, left over from finding does or trying to find another doe. Uh, a lot of sitting, waiting, um, you know, just the excitement of these, animals you know down in oklahoma you just got nothing but like sand and, and and goat heads and so you don't even hear them come you just are sitting there in the freaking cold which i never thought oklahoma would be cold but it was and you know you, you know you look over for a second and you look down at your phone for a second and you look at this pretty sunset for a second and then you know, that's a matter of three seconds and you have a buck right in front of you, like 15 yards away. You're like, where did you come from? That's so awesome. that's, that's, uh, was exciting. I was able to harvest a buck and we, we went with some other disabled hunters that, um, part of our, our organization and they, they were able to get, um, their buck and some with their first white tail. So that was kind of exciting. Um, that was number three. Number two, would be um, an elk hunt that I helped guide and, and mentor with another young uh, boy. He's, he's the age of 14, and he is an above-knee amputee. He lost his leg when he was three years old. Um, it was a freak accident with a lawnmower as a little boy and uh, just an outstanding kid that loves the outdoors. Um, above-knee amputation is way harder than, than below-knee, and, and some experts will say that it is harder to be missing a limb above your knee than missing two limbs below your knee like myself. And he got around with these trekking poles, just awesome. He's never shot an elk before. And um, he was able to, to kill his first bull. And, you know, the mom and the grandpa was there. Um, and a lot of other people there that would help. I mean, there was just a fountain of tears when he had killed this bull. It was great, great little six point. He was just ecstatic, probably took a thousand pictures. It was like more pictures than prom night. And uh, it was an awesome experience because that kid was grinning from ear to ear. And even to this day, I get messages from his mom about how excited he was and how he talks about it and so forth. That was number two. Number one, uh, you know, is what we talked about before was my son. And, you know, just just the fact that he was so interested in hunting and you always worry about that with your kids. Um, and, and, you know, he's a, he, he loves to play Fortnite. He like, you know, the older he's gotten, the less motivated he is about getting up early and going fishing. So I was a little worried with hunting because, you know, when we go, when we go fishing, 
or we go pheasant hunting with my dog, you know, the, satisf- the, the instant gratification is pretty quick. And, and with, with big game, you know, you can go all day and not see something or you get close and you get busted and you spend so much time in, in, your, in your energy that you just, you know, you're unsuccessful. And that's hard for kids to understand. But he was a hard fighter. Like he wanted to go. He wanted, well, obviously he wanted to skip school. Mom wasn't okay with that. So we missed a few classes, but just the reward of him separating from me. I thought the hunt was over, but he goes out there. He ranges it. Um, we had a max of, of 200 yards. That was the furthest we were allowing him to get to. Um, and he shot, shot a buck at 164. Um, and the way he tells the story, like, it's like, it, it's, it's the coolest thing. Um, we, we gutted the deer, got it back to the truck, took it home. And in that short window, I picked up his phone for some reason. I can't remember. I think he left it in my truck and he had already changed the background and the lock screen of his deer that he just shot like 30 minutes ago on his phone. That's how excited he was. <laughs> That's awesome. So, that is so cool. And that I'm, I'm excited for those opportunities uh, to, to take my kids out and get them into, into hunting. They've been out to, to look for turkeys with me. And anytime yeah. we see deer up on the mountain, like I'll hand them my binoculars. And so I know they're interested. Um, we'll see how interested they are when I'm getting them up at the break of dawn nice. or before that to, to get them up on the mountain. Nice. So cool deal, man. That's exciting for you. I I'm, I'm stoked for you and your son. Uh, just to wrap up here, I just wanted to ask you, and I'm, I'm doing list of three here because I know we could go on forever, but your uh, your top three activities to get your family, uh, spouse and kids outside and enjoy it, not just like dragging them around. <laughs> well, it, a lot of it's got to start with the electronics. Um, you know, I, I work for a cell phone company, and so you know my kids do have them phones not all of them but um it, it, that's a it's a hard one because it's in a, in a in a age where that is so dependent on you know especially like junior high my son's in junior high um i did a public speaking event um for junior high and i could i was just shocked how many of these kids have snapchat and tiktoks and their own phones and you know and i mean this i was like holy cow i i never had that college and you know these kids have access to that so it's really hard to break that um our favorite activity is is something i mean it it, it, it's camping um you know kids love to make s'mores um uh you know make it simple it's just one night you know parents don't always love it because they do all the work but i mean just getting out there on a good day with great weather you know camping is just it's a memory that the kids will remember more than they would the hours they spend playing video games or just hanging out the house or even a book that they read it, the outdoors and camping is huge. Um, you know, just exploring with them, teaching them things because they'll ask questions once, once they don't have, you know, the, 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 um, activity of, of the phone right there with them they're like we'll be forced to now oh i need to learn this um that's my favorite is camping with the kids we we've done the trailers we've done the tents and i'd say that you know just keeping it simple with the tent is just as impactful for the kids so that would be up there as the beginning um fishing is always an easy one um because it's something quick uh you know especially here in utah we have so many great lakes to do that with um i would say the the last one and it's it's hard because i have a four-year-old um and you know i'll argue with her you know and be like, hey come let's go hiking and she'll complain she's like oh i don't want to hike anymore and i i make fun of her it's like you have legs young lady i don't and i'm walking <laughs> so you get you get your butt up here but uh hiking is a big one we did that a lot during the covid lockdown um, we did a lot of hiking and, and uh, activities. And so I personally think anything you can do really is the right answer um, to get them out outdoors. And like I said, 
it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for, or it's a, it's a medicine for so many problems um, in this world is, is to get into the outdoors and, and celebrate and protect the things that we have and, and to teach them. Um, because, uh, for, you know, for me, if I don't get out into the outdoors, my wife can sense it. And she'll sometimes will say something like, uh, so, uh, are you going, you're going fishing this weekend, right? And I'm like, I wasn't planning on just like, I think you need to go fishing. I'm like, well, what, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a Am term I, for that. It's like hangry, but with the outdoors, yeah. like you're, you're starved for the outdoors. We need to find a term for that. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, are you having a new boyfriend coming over or am I just being an asshole or both? What's going on? <laughs> That's so cool. And I, I love, I just want to tap on that real quick. The, the whole idea of keeping it simple you know, that again, just like today, you know, I was going for my outdoor workout, jog, walk, run. And I always invite my kids. My daughter got a, a, a bigger bike for Christmas. And so, oh, um, big bike, yeah. Right. With training wheels. And, nice. and so, uh, she, you know, I invited her and then I walked outside. I'm like, Oh, it's raining. And like, for me, I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, you're used to that with 75 hard, you get, get snowed on, rained on windy, whatever. But I was like, are you sure you want to come out here? And I didn't even think about it that I was putting limitations on her and she's five. She just barely turned five. And she looks at me, she's like, I'm not letting anything stop me, dad. And I was like, all right, nice. <laughs> that's my girl. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, keeping it simple, just as riding, you know, encouraging riding bikes, going for walks, scooters, going to the park, hiking, you know, hiking is so simple. We have so many trails around here um, that you can just drive 10 minutes and you're at like three or four different trailheads. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. And then the simple camping, you know, keeping it, you don't have to have a trailer. You don't have to have all that crazy stuff. Just put the phones in the truck or the car, wherever, wherever you're at and uh, enjoy the stars, you know? Yeah. We it's, hit, we uh, hit Jimmy John's on the way out. So that way I don't have there you to go. Cook. There we you just, go. That's even better. We keep it simple. We keep it simple. I, yeah. I make my kids make their own. Um, what is it? The, the hobo dinners is what we call them, but the tinfoil dinners. Oh yeah. Yeah. We put yeah, those love the day that. before. Oh yeah. We love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Campfires or something, you know, amazing about campfires too. Have you noticed that your son, you have one son, right? Uh Uh-huh. So is he more attracted to fire than your girls? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He likes likes to experiment with gasoline. He likes to experiment with with batteries, propane. Yeah. He's none of the dangerous things, right? (laughs) Dad, how long do you think it will take before this green propane bottle goes off? Like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's been in there for an hour already. I'm like, what? that's awesome well cool man well again i it's been a privilege and, and an honor to to have you on um i i know your message will resonate with a lot of people and i, I love what you're doing with again with do utah or do utah um disabled outdoorsman and uh and everything that you do on your page as well so uh just to kind of wrap it up here if if people want to find you message you uh where's the best place they can find you at uh, you could, uh, Instagram, usually I, I stay pretty active on, um, try no feet, T R I, um, underscore no feet. Um, not try the, no legs guys. It's try yeah. underscore no feet. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, um, uh, like Facebook, I mean, I don't do Facebook as much as I used to, but I'm, you know, Sydney Smith on Facebook. Um, if you, if you guys have, you know, need me to do any motivational speaking or you know, tell my story, I have been starting to get into that more. I did put it on pause last year with uh, COVID just because a lot of the restrictions made it hard. I love zoom, but it's just not the same effect of, of, uh, uh, of uh, being in person. So, but yeah, I, I appreciate what you're doing. Um, you know, obviously, I think people that do podcasts, you know, for the goodness of wanting to get a great message and a great conversation out there. Um, those are my favorite podcasts to be on. And I could sense that you have that um, uh, drive on, on in purpose of, of providing that for people. That So, so thanks, John. I appreciate it. I'm going to try to catch up on the rest of your podcast. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, Sid, for being on and, and uh, you guys heard where you can find them and, 
And uh, you can always, you know, look me up on Instagram as well, red.beard.outdoors and uh, join my Red Beards Fit crew on Facebook. That's really the only reason why I have a Facebook. So um, <laughs> yeah, so look me up there. And uh, as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed making that that podcast and, and uh, having that conversation with my buddy Sid. He is just an inspiration, to be honest with you. He's someone that, I mean, I, I haven't run triathlons and he definitely has less motivation to do that and still has gone and done that and is aiming for more. And not only that, but he blesses other people's lives. And that just incorporates again, that family fitness and the outdoors all into one. He just encompasses that and lives that life. It's amazing. So go check him out again. He's on Instagram. I'll leave the links below to be able to go find him. If you or a family member is interested in uh, either volunteering or wanting to participate in the activities that DO Utah or Disabled Outdoorsman Utah puts on, uh, I'll leave the link below as well to be able to get a hold of Sid so that you can you can uh, get to those events. Uh, also, down below I've got my companies that I work with. One of them being mainly Alpenfuel. So at Alpenfuel.com, you can use the code Redbeard, and that'll save you some money on some of the best, actually the best granola that I've ever had for backcountry nutrition. The, my favorite is the caramel apple. Then on top of that, they have the strawberry and chocolate, which is fantastic. And they just came out with a new flavor uh, called white chocolate cranberry, which those two combined are some of my favorite as far as a, a granola flavor. So Go check them out if you're looking for, or even if you want to order some other backcountry nutrition, you can go through alpenfuel.com and get a discount with Redbeard. I've also got some other companies that I work with. Uh, I'll leave those links below if you want to go check them out. Any supplements that I use, if you're looking for a good protein shake or you're looking for a good protein bar uh, that can get you through the day instead of going and snacking on that Snickers, um, I'd love to help you out with that. So go down below. Find me on Instagram at red.beard.outdoors, on Facebook as well. And if you're interested in getting into the Redbeards Fit Crew, I'd love to help you with your goals, your, your nutrition goals this year in 2022. So that being said, hope you guys have an amazing day. And as I said earlier, and I'll continue to always say, get out, live your life, and love it.